good to be in the house of the Lord. Ooh, that's loud. You know, when uh, Brother Leon asked me, uh, called me in Africa about uh, present the word tonight in Africa, I asked the Lord to give me something. And I didn't just ask him to give me something, not anything specifically, but I asked him to give me a, a word of encouragement. Because, you know, I find that I really am not an encourager. You know, because my true calling is teaching the word. And I always lean back, uh, every time I think about the word in the modern church, the scripture that were Jesus, they do not think that I come to bring peace. Not peace, but division. And I, I think with the modern church, and we have got so sensitive as a society, you know, uh, everyone says the truth hurts. No, the truth only hurts the sugar. This word says the truth makes you free. And you know, one, Brother Jerry was here preaching one night, and he uh, uh, looked at this kind of wants someone to finish up that verse. I said the truth sets you free. And he real quick corrected me. No, the truth does not set you free. The truth makes you free. I got a dog in my backyard. If I open that gate and let him go, I've set him free momentarily. But he knows he's going back in the pen. But when you're made free, you're free indeed. And I don't usually title my messages, but tonight... I want everyone to think about this phrase. This will be the title of my message. Examine yourself. Don't wait on the world or the curse. And we're going to start out in Psalm, the 26th Psalm. And when you get here, if you would, please stand for reading God's Word. I'm going to have you stand for one verse. And as you're getting rather, this is uh, truly something that we must do, especially if you work in the public. But when you work in the public eye, you're surrounded by all kinds of foul language, all kinds of foul deeds, and quite often all kinds of wrong intentions. Especially when some people learn that you're a Christian, they go out of their way to see if you truly are. Anyway, Psalm 26, verse 2. Examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my reign and my heart. Now before we pray, I want to, because I know y'all follow along with me, but it says examine me. So to make this personal, I want everyone to read this with me. Examine me, O oh Lord, and prove me. Try my reign and my heart. But now it applies to y'all. Help me pray. Give us grace, Heavenly Father. We love you and praise you, Lord. We thank you for this opportunity to expound upon your word. Lord, I ask that you let your anointing rest upon me. Not so I will look like I know what I'm doing. But for your word to go forth, so that word will land upon receiving heart, Lord. No matter how well or how poorly I present this message, if this spirit and truth it will can land upon receiving heart, it will produce the change that you intended to. Your word never returns void. Now, Lord, I love you and praise you. Ask you hobby behind the cross. Let, let them not see me or hear me, but see you and hear you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for standing and maybe seated. The reason I wanted you to read this along with me to make sure that you apply it to yourself. Because as I said, trust me, if you're a Christian, someone out there is watching. Right. You know, as the saying goes, the only Bible some people read is not what you tell them, not the scripture you quote, but the life you live. Amen. That's the true witness we have. Amen. When we live a life pleasing to the Lord, it's going to affect somebody. Now, we may never know it, but trust me, Get it, go to Walmart and lose your temper and show out. Right. You'll know about that. 
especially today with social media. And it won't take long to do it. It will be out there. You know, when I first started teaching, when I was always concerned, because even before I even thought of one college and being a teacher, which I'm not now, but I'm still in, that I've always wanted to teach and instruct people and help people. That's all that's just who I am. But when we think about what we're going to read tonight, when we say, examine me, O Lord, and prove me, and try my reins and my heart, examine and prove, faith are the same word. But when you prove something, you're tested, like, you know, I'm not mechanical, but like when, when, when Brother John back there worked on the engine, he's going to test that engine to make sure he fixed the problem. And when the Lord has proven you, he's looking at what's wrong, and we're going to get to that more in a moment, and he's going to prove that it's right. All of us, as I look at this room, most of y'all have been saved for quite some time. <laughs> but I, if you're like me, now I can't remember to tell you the exact day, but I know it was a Wednesday in June. And it was sometime between June 16th and June 30th, because I had just turned 39 years old. And the reason that's important in life of examining ourselves, it wasn't out of sickness, it wasn't out of poverty, I wasn't about to go to jail, I wasn't in any kind of trouble. In fact, my life was at a point where I was making more money than I had ever made in my life. I had a job I enjoyed, had two new trucks in the yard, had money in my pocket all the time, could do anything I want. There was no sickness, kids wasn't in trouble, Grandkids weren't sick. Well, this time we have grandkids. Yeah, we did. Grandkids weren't sick. Everything was perfect. I didn't feel any great void. I'm just going to be out. I didn't feel like something was missing. Now, about cause of living in the great United States, I know some always, Sister Jan always shared that she never really knew about the Lord. For some reason, I did. Didn't have a church family. But I read this great word here before I ever got saved cover to cover as a, as a good book, not the good book. And I'm saying all that to say this. It's really hard pressed, especially to live in what we call the Bible Belt and not know about Jesus. Because, you know, the Ten Commandments used to be on every year on television. I was still every night. And most people watch it. But, back to what I was saying, I wasn't feeling a great boy, but it finally made sense to me. And y'all heard about the book I read that really, to me, it didn't open the gospel. It opened my eyes that I could be saved. But I was of the mindset, I've always, to a fault, been my one word critic. I always examine my motives and think, my wife may not think so, but I do. That's been to a fault of mine. So when I read that book, it finally made sense. Yes, even someone like me, without doing anything, and I thought, I quit drinking. If I quit cup, then I go to church. And that book makes sense to me. And it made me honest enough with myself to look and say, hey, you know, the Lord does desire for me to be saved. And I got on my knees that Wednesday afternoon in my home, wasn't going to church, hadn't been to church. In fact, it lived in Jackson County since 1980 and had never been invited to church. But I got saved. When I got off my knees, not only did I know it, the next day when I was working calling that truck, the next morning, the little CB fired up, all the truck driver was going on. They said, what's wrong with you, Dave? They're four to six? You know why? Because I was cutting, cutting up with them. 
Anyway, what this word says. The word examine, as I just said, it just pure and simply means exactly that. But, but what we just read here, this is a sign of David. This is David saying, I'm going to put it in everyday language. He's saying, Lord, take a real deep look at my life. And, and the word reign, that's your thought process. It means the, the mind as the inner self. So when it says, try my reign, he said, really get a hold of my inner man and see what it'll do. Because everyone knows what reigns are. You use reins to guide a horse. That's what they fought, those are for. Make that horse do what you want. So our reign is our mind and our inner self. And once we become saved, and we're born again, as the church likes to say it. And as I always point out, what, what being born means? It means coming to existence. And notice that second word again. You know, even the great Jewish teacher, Nicodemus, Lord, you know, when he first heard that born again, Lord, and I called my mother, the most stupid statement is in the Bible to me. Lord, can a man enter into his mother's womb a second time? Think about how ridiculous that sounds when he heard the Lord say, one must be born again. And, you know, the thought just hit me why that was put in there. And I never thought about this being a stupid thing before. But it shows how easy it is and how quick we are to misunderstand what the Lord says. But we want to automatically think now. When you think of birth, you think of being born. You think of having a child or an animal, bowling a calf or whatever, you know. So we automatically want to think of the natural. That's why this is so important. So David wants to get out of the natural. We all know the story of David. We know his fault. We know his strength. We know his weaknesses. We know all the stuff he did wrong to his life before. Parts of it. But he is honestly saying, look, a real, take a real good look. Search the motives of my mind. See where I really stand. Because, you know, but the importance of, to me, on this uh, try the reins of my heart, you know, we in the church world like to say, just follow your heart. But, you know, I can't tell you really, but it's a, a script. Whenever I hear that, Someone say, well, just follow your heart. It always comes to my mind that where the Bible says, out of the heart, the abundance of heart, all forms of evil. Why? Because your heart, the word heart, literally means mind, your thought process. And if you're not careful what you take in, as I said earlier, especially in our culture, you can't go to Walmart without hearing profanity. And you sure can't go to most workplaces without hearing profanity. Uh, very few programs doesn't have it. It's hard to watch any kind of TV, even children's shows. And for those of you with young children, be careful. Especially if they like Disney. One of Disney's executives just stated, in the near future, Disney, half of Disney characters are really either same-set or minority. They're shoving it down the throat. So we need to start examining ourselves and seeing what our motives really are. But remember, why is the inner man so important? As it states in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, we're made in God's image. I'm not going to go to the words, I'm going to paraphrase. We're made in God's image. You know, God doesn't look like us. You know, guys, we're nothing but a mud ball. Does the scripture also tell us God took the dust of the earth, formed man, breathed into a knife, and he walked, he became a breathing man. At least you ladies are made of bone. But remember, you come out of us. So you, you, know, you wouldn't be here without us. But the point I'm making, no. And I heard a preacher actually say, you know what God looks like, look at your neighbor. We're made in the image of God as far as being a spirit being. That's right. 
But that word image literally comes out representative. So when we're, we're made to represent God on this earth. Even though, think about it, he knew when he formed Adam, he knew Adam was going to sin. And at least you ladies want me to see. It was made to sin. And you know, that's the one really false thing of the Bible I learned as a child. I'm going to be honest, I always thought because Adam, because Eve's the one that ate the apple, Eve was the one to sin. That's not what God said. God's word said that Adam sinned, Eve was the sin. And that all goes right in. Examine yourself. What mistake, what things have you always heard, especially if you grew up in church, what things have you always held on to that are really wrong? Have you really ever thought about it? Well, Brother So-and-so always did it like that. And he was a godly man. He, he had a wonderful ministry. But was it right? The word heart also refers to the mind and the feelings, the will, even the intellect. And I'll make this next statement presently because I'm very proud of yeah, Brother John, or LJ as I call him. He just went and obtained a bachelor's degree in theology. The intellect of the modern church has probably hindered the movement of God more than anything. Because people want to lean on their intellect more than they want to lean on the spirit. And he's back with not in his head. So I think he'll agree with you. There's nothing wrong. I, I, I hope he goes on further and gets it that we need spirit-filled, educated men and women standing the fault. Because think about it. Times have changed, unfortunately, because there's so much information out there. Anything I say right now, any one of you can pull your phones out instantly and check me out and see if I'm right or wrong. Instantly. Well, there's no excuse for ignorance for the word today. In verse 20, in chapter 26, verse 2 of all, Psalms, as I stated before, David is just sincerely, and, and we don't know what state, because I didn't bother studying out the chronology of what state David did at the time, but for some reason, he felt the need for the Lord to really take a deep life, deep look at his life, and tell him, notice it says, again, examine me, O Lord, and prove me, and try my rand and my heart. Let's go New Testament of this same thing. And now we're going to make it even more personal. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. And the Word of God says in 2 Corinthians 13 and 5, Examine yourselves, whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobated. Once again, the phrase, examine yourself, literally means test objectively. Otherwise, be honest with yourself. You know, when, when, when you think of examine yourself, it's not look in the mirror and say, ooh, I need a haircut. Or going to your closet and realize enough of fish, and ooh, I need to go on a diet. Or even feeling kind of bad going to the doctor and getting an examination and finding out what's wrong. Because that can be this. What Paul is instructing the church in Corinth is to examine yourself. It's your responsibility. And I think this goes hand in hand with what he told Timothy 
I believe First Timothy says, stir up the gift that is within you. Don't wait on the evangelist to come in. Don't wait on the, the pastor to, to give you a word. Examine yourself. Stir up your own gift that was in you. Most of them don't even know what they are. Why? Because we haven't taken time. Either one of two reasons. Either we don't want to answer the calling, or we haven't taken the time to examine ourselves and seek the Lord. And there's another one. It's not the one you want. Well, I want, I want to preach. I don't want to teach. I would love to be able to preach the way that man does and the way that woman back there does. That's not who I am. In fact, I may have shared this before, but when I first started preaching at Southside Church with Brother Teddy Ray, you know, a lot of the people I could club with was going to that church. And when they found out I was going to be preaching, they said, Woo, we're going to see some jumping and shouting out. That's why I was up in the world. When I went to wrestling, I left horse. But I was screaming and carrying on. When I was at the club, I was big, bad, and handsome, having a good time. But guess what? Just like I am now, at that time, I didn't raise my voice. They all looked at me and said, God, what's wrong with you? And, and I tried. I tried to get more excited about it, as I kind of do now. And I asked the Lord one time, when people were talking about examining yourself, I questioned the Lord. But we was in a church, and those of you that know Teddy Wright, he was kind of flamboyant. But they were in a church that was used to that. And here I was, just up there explaining the word. And I said, well, why can I not do that? He said, that's how you were in the world. I don't want the world in my mouth. Now, I'm not saying anything wrong with a jumping shot if it's sincere. And if you truly examine yourself, if you're truly in Christ, and if you've examined yourself, if you are truly in the faith, you're going to know if it's real or not. Yes, I like to shout. I like to preach with red face and, and get kind of excited. But what I like more than anything is when I feel that when it stirs that spirit up within me and the tears start running down my face. Not just because it's a good show. I can go see a concert to see a good show. I can go to the movie to see a good show. Once again, what Paul is instructing the church of Corinth to do, and, and just maybe back up, but what Paul is doing, he's preparing himself for preparing the church for another visit. Because if you read on the book, he kind of laid it down to him. He's fixing to get on to them and tell them what's what. So he's giving them the opportunity to examine themselves and see where they stand. I just said David was at a point in his life where he wanted the Lord to take a deep look at his life. And we're going to see even further what kind of man David was here in a moment. And now Paul is instructing the church. And he remember this letter is a, is a letter written to the church. So he's talking church folk. And what's he asking them to Examine yourselves whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own self. Now, when you're truly saved, you know, if if someone was asked, are you going to help you die? You say, well, I think so. I hope so. Guess what? You're not. My Bible tells me that the Holy Spirit bears with our spirit that we're children of God. So when you're saved, you know that you know that you know. No one can tell me that June afternoon when I got off my knees, that if I was to die that moment, I wouldn't go to heaven. Because I knew when there was a change in me. Yes. And I said, luckily, or fortunately for me, I like the word luck, there was evidence of a quick one. And I think that was our credit of the Lord. 
He didn't want me wondering, because guess what? Anything you feel encouraged, anything, yeah, I'm going to Anything you feel encouraged, anything you come to offer, you really feel the pain before you get out of that car. Also, before you get out of that door, the devil wants to talk you out of it. Right there, that very point of that I came in pray with a young man. If I was to say his grandfather was, I remember him. And, and I, I know I'm not, I'm nowhere near where I need to be a Lord. But that man told me what was going on. He said, you know, he's a drug addict. And, and he said, I just feel like a demon constantly for me. And the minute I laid my hand in him, I could see demons. And I prayed, and all I simply said was, Lord, free him from this. You have, in the name of Jesus, you have to, not literally, saw demonic forces leading to before he got back, that as soon as he got back to his grandfather, something happened to him when he got he got happy. But he knew that guess what? In six months, and I told the young man, I spent some time. I, I poured the scriptures in, and the house was swept clean and left that way. Seven months within six months, that I told him, I said, "You got a godly grandfather." Staying in the church, and in six months, that young man was in prison, died, was free, was delivered. He even said himself, he knew. He knew there was a change in his life. He had a godly example within six months. So let's examine ourselves on how often have we had the opportunity to witness or and or to even lead someone to the Lord and just follow up and see them right back out there. I'm not saying testament, I'm not saying time. But testament someone you know, well, they're saved now. They're all right. They know where they need to be. And I'm the world's worst at I would like to say I don't hold it in the past again. I don't, I don't hold it repeatedly. But how can I stand up for you and claim to be a minister of the gospel and tell you to examine yourself and, and, and hope you read these scriptures and show that it's biblical for you to do so and not be honest with you? I have a hard time overlooking constant failure. When you keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. When you have opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. So, and the Lord really got a hold of it. Well, I'm better at that. And I'm still not good at it. You know, some people right now will be saying, well, this isn't about you. Yeah, it is. I don't know any of y'all. Even though I know all of y'all personally. I don't know how you're related to the Lord. The thing that it says, examine yourself. Whether ye be in the faith, not your brother or sister, not your husband or wife, not your neighbor down the street, examine yourself. I don't care how, what you see on the outside. And I, and I make this statement very sincerely. I just really felt the Lord instruct me to make a statement. Some of you may be thinking right now, because once again, we're few in number. Y'all all know me. Y'all know I'm, as I said the last time I stood before you. No, I'm not going somewhere else. I'm not going to church right now. But some of you may be thinking, what's he even doing up there? Why should he be up there? He's not even going to church. And you may be right. But just because I'm not going to church, you don't know my heart. That's right. And I'm going to make this statement that's what the Lord gives me. I may be close to the Lord right now, but I ever was in other church over there. You don't know that. You don't even know what you see. And I'm saying that because... Once again, examine yourself whether ye be know ye not your own self, how that Jesus Christ is in you. 
If you're saved, as I said a while ago, you know it. Except you be reprobate. That word reprobate means unapproved. Cast away. Rejected. Yes, as y'all all know, and yes, I know this church believes it as well. You can backslide of a, you can lose. No, you can't lose your salvation. That's not true. You can give it away. You can walk away from it. And anyone tells you any different? Because, you know, I had a very multiple conversations. So, three or few years ago, I was attending a Southern Baptist church. But I'm going to be honest. Young people, they out me a hundred times over. Study and, and love the Word of God. Love the Lord. And I, and I sit down, before I ever decided to go there, I sat down with the pastor and had an extended conversation about the once saved, always saved. And he kind of made a point. He didn't really feel that way. He believed more towards the perseverance of the saints, that if you're truly saved, you're going to do everything you can not to sin. And I, and I can I can back that up. But anyway, make, make a long story short, it got to the point where I was uncomfortable because that was obviously their message. And three very intelligent, well-studied men of the world. We sit down and had an extended conversation. Every scripture I could give them showing that you could backslide. They had just as good a scripture showing that you could. But we just had to agree to disagree. Love these men dearly. We'll never speak a wrong word of them. Because I don't know their heart. They may, in fact, I'm, no, I can't say they may be right on that point. Now, the basic understanding of that is, is this is this pastor told me, when you're truly saved, you're not going to want to live a lifestyle of sin. We're not talking about sin this perfection. You're not going to carry on constantly. You're not going to live in the same sin. So don't blame, don't hold all people of this denomination at fault because some of them say, well, I got saved when I was 12 years old. I'm not hot now. I cheated my wife and I cheat my business, but I'm saved. Don't. Just because some think that, but we're talking about examining ourselves. Some of them do think that. I've heard, that's not hearsay, I've heard them say it. Don't hold the whole denomination to that standard. They don't all think that. And once again, and this is a very well respected, if I was to say a name, y'all would agree with me because y'all all are admiring. But I heard this just recently. Because just because some of the alcoholics are drug addicts does not mean they're not saved. That's a demon lake. They just haven't got the victory yet. I don't know where I'm at on that one. But as I said, we don't know another person's heart. We can only look from the outside. And as you well know, look can be deceived. And this is the scripture, I, one of the places I want to go through real quickly. This is the scripture I wanted to open with. And I really feel that I haven't done what I feel the Lord wanted me to do with this message. But before we went here, I wanted us to have a really understanding of what it means to examine yourself. When you're examining yourself, or you're saying, Lord, prove me, you really, as I said in the first part, when you're saying, Lord, prove my rank, you're saying, really take a deep look. Show me where I'm at in my life. Then when you examine yourself, if you... Do it, and remember that phrase, examine yourself, means to think objectively. Most of us can't be honest with us. You know, I used to wear a t-shirt, I may be wrong, but I doubt it. That way most of us truly are 
when we examine ourselves. We examine ourselves either by someone else that we probably know isn't living the standard we are, or we examine ourselves by how we used to be. Yes, if I examine myself how I used to be, I'm a saint. I don't drink. I don't, well, I like that. But yeah, unfortunately, if I hit my nail, not every time, but sometimes a word still slips. But I know I'm not the person I was. I don't tell the dirty joke. I don't drink. Never did smoke. I don't do all the things that a Christian shouldn't do. So if I judge myself according to that, yeah, I'm in real good shape, and so are you. Even if you never drank, even if you never smoked, even if you've never done any of the bad stuff, before you accepted Christ as Savior, you were lost. Now, it's a little bit harder for people like and There are good people in the world that come to the Lord that have never lived a lifestyle of sin. So it's a little bit harder for them. They can examine themselves, but still, I can guarantee you, if you're in that category, there's something they can look back on and say, well, you know, I am at least better at this now. But when you truly examine yourself objectively and can be honest with yourself, can any of you really stand up and say, I'm doing everything I know I'm supposed to do. I'm, doing I'm living a life exactly 100% pleasing to the Lord. If you can't stand up here and take my place, you deserve to be up here, not me. But this is my last scripture. Once again, Psalm, 139 Psalm, verse 23 and 24. Some of you probably already know where I'm going. But it's, this once again, this is David. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Most of us would never be brave enough to apply that last word to ourselves. When we were at the most, we'd say, we want to say, search me, Lord, show me how good I'm doing. Notice, David didn't say, search me, Lord, show me all that I'm doing. He didn't say, search me, Lord, show me how much time I'm spending in the Bible. Show me how much I'm helping the church. Show me how much good I'm doing. That's not what he asked. That's not what he asked in the 26th Psalm when he said, examine me. He knew he wasn't where he needed to be in the Lord. And he was brave enough to go to God. And if you believe, and I know you do, that this word is an inspired word of God, it really wasn't David saying that. It was the Lord giving David those words to him. And why is it after all these thousands of years this is still held in our Bible? And we hold this to be the holy, living word of God. Because we need to examine ourselves. We need to be like David, be brave enough to say, Lord, show me if there's any wicked ways. Otherwise, show me my shortcoming, Lord. Show me where I'm lacking. That's what David wanted to be. Can you really say you want to be? Yes, I know you can say this. Get back up. Can you really be honest enough with yourself to say, Lord, show me this night everything I'm doing wrong and everywhere I'm falling short? Don't have to say that publicly because it doesn't matter to me. Is that truly your desire? Are you just want the Lord to say, Well, Lord, <laughs> Lord, I know, and this may be me right now, I don't know. Lord, I know I'm not doing all I just can. I know I'm not right where I need to be. Just help me, Lord. That's not examining yourself objectively. He already knows all of that. Can you really honestly ask or get before the Lord and say, show me? Because I guarantee you there's something in all of our lives 
And this may only be for me, but it I'll take the whipping. Trust me, I already have. But the Lord gave me this word because someone needs to take a serious look at their life and see where they're at. So with that, that's all I have. Does anybody need prayer? Or does anybody want to come to the fall? I know it's already 7 o'clock. Yeah, that's all. Everyone say, pray the Lord. Pray the Lord.